0: As driven, ambitious Christian entrepreneurs, how do we grow our business in a way that honors Christ? From seeking Him first in all of our business dealings, being surrendered to His will, and knowing exactly where and how we can make an impact through our business for the furtherance of His kingdom. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, and these are just some of the topics my guest and I will be discussing in the hope that we may inspire and empower you to walk strongly in your faith so you can build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Let's dive in. And Welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Joining me on today's show is Gary Harbst. Now, Gary, he is the founder of Lead First, and with a passion for merging faith and work, Gary and his team are on a mission to help owners build kingdom impact businesses that bring some order to our chaotic world. And my goodness, don't we need that right about now. Now, Gary's extensive career spans successful business ventures, impactful book authorship, as well as educating on the intersection of business and faith. Rooted in family values, Gary finds joy with his wife, his three children and four grandchildren. Now, on today's show, Gary is going to share built to beat chaos. Chaos is not our problem he's going to share what our problem is and what we want to focus on. He's going to talk about three requirements of a kingdom impact business. What are those? As well as three tools to help us overcome chaos, which are all going to be centered around biblical leadership wisdom. That's the kind of wisdom we want to know about and bring into the next year. Welcome to the show, Gary.
1: Thank you, Anne-Marie. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: It is, it is. And we were just saying before we went live, when you're able to blend business with uh, godly kingdom-focused principles, it just takes things to a much higher level. And often uh, we generate results, not through our own means, but just through you know, getting into alignment, um, you know, with an agreement with heaven because the way God does business takes everything to a whole other level and be able to partner with him. My goodness. Hold on to your hat because there's going to be some exciting things there. So just, I mean, I gave a little bit of a background about your your values, your family values, and obviously Mm. they blend into your career values. But if you were to give us a bit of a snapshot of a path that led you to where you are today... What would that be? What What is the story, the journey that the Lord's brought you through, Gary? Well,
1: I, I think in my mid-20s, I was having a hard time understanding why myself and other people said one thing and did another. We acted like we valued certain things, but we kept not doing what we valued. And I looked at a lot of, I'm a reader and an engineer, and, <clears throat> and frankly, the best answers I found were in the Bible, where... Uh, it explains there's something really broken inside of us and that uh, that's the bad news. And the God new, good news is that God uh, has a way to fix that. And so that really has been the sort of the aha moment in my life. The second one was a friend of mine, uh, uh, two other guys and I joint started a business. And he he uh, made the statement that says, if you want to grow in your faith, run your own business. And boy, is that true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. and And you um said something in, and it may have been a little bit of a faux pas. But you said the good news is God's news, and it's so true, isn't it? It really is. And you know, I was just speaking to someone yesterday and she was talking about how her car was stolen. Yeah, and it was at a time where both her and her husband were unable to work and they were really, you know, thinking, where on earth are we going to get provision? And the insurance money, um, they they got a profit on the payout for the insurance. And we know that our God uses every situation for the good of those who love him. And uh, as you said, there are many ups and downs, there's many uh, trials and and lots of risk taking in business. And uh, yeah, in the right way, it really does bring you closer to the Lord. Now let's dive in. We've got a lot to cover Mm -hmm. today and, and unpack And the first point you want to dive into uh, today is built to beat chaos. So chaos is not our problem. There's something else. Let's unpack this because if we look around the world today, I'm sure we would all agree that no matter what country you are in and what other countries we are hearing about on our our news, it's not good news. It's Mm -hmm. certainly not good news. So how are we built to beat this chaos?
1: You know, what I love about the Bible and business is the Bible really tells you the way the world really works, not what we think, but the way it was put together. And there's this little hint in uh, the book of Genesis in chapter one that says, first of all, people are very familiar with the phrase that we're created in God's image. And, but what is not, what's kind of subtle is the idea at the point God says that it's about 25 verses into the uh, new test or the old Testament. The only thing we know about God is that he's a creator. And if you go back to the very first verse of the Bible, you ask people, what, what did God create first? And they'll say, oh, it was light or something like that. And so I'll read it again, and you'll find that the very first thing is, that's revealed about God is that he created chaos before he created anything else. And most people don't really notice that. He, he says in the beginning, he created the heaven and the earth and they were void and without form. And then he reveals the, that his process is bringing order out of that chaos. And so I think the, the the narrative, the creation narrative is suggesting that the very reason we exist is to be like God. And he's shown us that his way of doing things is start with chaos and bring order out of it. So that perspective changes your point of view about chaos really isn't the problem. The problem is how do we bring order out of it?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that, and I'm sure if we studied the origin of that word chaos, there would be such deeper, rich meaning to that. Um, and so often, when we think about chaos, when we think there was just there was nothing there, as we know, God created everything, mm-hmm. um, and that's incredible. And we know God loves order; He doesn't, you know, doesn't love chaos, but He He loves the order of of all of the things that come to it. So you you were saying chaos is not the problem. What is what is is the thing that we should be focusing on
1: or well, the uh, thing that may be
0: stopping us from creating order out of what we have
1: yeah let me give you another an analogy of, like we built a home out in the in the woods when my when my wife and I got married many years ago and almost 40 and uh, that trucks brought up truckload after truckload of lumber and bricks and all kinds of materials And it just looked like a train wreck out there in our field. And you think, well, that's sort of like a bunch of chaos. I look at it and I don't know what to do with it. But then somebody comes up with a blueprint. And then all of a sudden, you know which piece to pick up and in what order and where to start and put those pieces. And so chaos really is like the lumber. It's unformed or unpurposed raw material. If you don't have any chaos, you really don't have any raw materials. Mm-hmm. And so the what we need, when we have chaos, what we really need is purpose. We, we cannot deal with all the options and all the things that are going on around us when unless we have purpose. So when you feel chaotic, drop back and say, what is my purpose? And sharpen your purpose, and it will help you dig your way out of the chaos.
0: Yeah, you know, I I can use an analogy as well. Um, And it depends on the way in which you look at it. For instance, as women, we can really resonate with walking into a kitchen, and maybe the kids and the grandkids have been in there, and they've kind of left it as they were using all the dishes, it looks chaotic. However, you could look at it. And this is sometimes what I do. Oh, if I put order, I put things away in the dishwasher, I'll wipe this, I'll put this away all of a sudden you can start to see order shaping and it actually feels good when you stand back and you think, look at this beautiful kitchen, you know. And that's the same, I'm sure, you said with the blueprint, once you started to see the building take shape, how amazing it is. And we're back. Oh, Gary has dropped off. We will wait. He will return. That's the beauty of going live and internet live streaming. By the way, if you are sitting there listening and watching the uh, the live stream, jump on in. And if you've got a question or a comment, uh, we'd love you to uh, to share your thoughts. Gary, the internet, that's one of the things, the beauty of going live. You yeah. really are beholden to the internet connection. But we're back. We're
1: and just-, uh,
0: we're just saying how awesome it would have been to see what was Previously thought of as chaos, when you looked at all of that lumber and supplies starting to take shape into the building which you're probably now sitting in. I like of the your room.
1: example when you you talk about fic, fic, a kitchen, and uh, you you said several things there that I think are really relevant. One, you 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 talked about sort of the pleasure you got uh, cleaning that up, and um, my, I would submit that every single person is born with. That wiring that really craves to bring order out of something, and um, I, you know, people don't think of it this way, but you know, fixing a meal is an abs absolutely bringing order out of chaos because you take all these ingredients scattered all over the place and you put them together in a certain order, and out comes a feast. Mm-hmm. And but what's interesting is when you create order out of something, it always creates the source of another chaos. And so you fix a meal, bring order to that. And then what you've got the cleanup after the cha- after the meal. So mm-hmm. there, there's so much change in our thinking. If we, if we begin to recognize that God made us to do this, then that's yes. when people are satisfied.
0: Yeah. I must admit though, having said that I do thrive <laughs> in chaotic situations. In fact, for me, it's the opposite than when things are, if things are humming along nicely, it's like, oh, you know, I need a little bit of a challenge. To me, I see it as a challenge mm-hmm. and I immediately click into, into action. However, there's always time where we like to take a step back. You know, God, after creating, you know, the creation out of uh, the chaos, he did rest. Yes. So rest is certainly important, which is a whole other, uh, other topic as well. But it is important isn't it to be able to see that hey we were wired for this we are created in god's image i mean that alone is a whole you know week of worth of shows if we really um deeper into to that but um just being able to look at it a different way i think if we can change our perspective we may then um be able to look at it a lot differently. So what would you say then in business? How would we look at that and bring that uh, analogy to some of the things that what might be happening in business? How how's that supported you, Gary?
1: Well, there, there are a couple of very different uh, applications of this truth. <clears throat> One is uh, that a leader's primary job or their first priority, if I would put it that way, is to determine chaos. If you can't do that, then there's no way to organize or to get people to work together. And so much chaos in life in a work setting comes from people feeling like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing and those sorts of things. And so often the chaos isn't clear, or if it is clear, it's not communicated very well. And that's one application. Now, there's a completely different application. If if you accept the idea that God created every single person, everyone, no exceptions, with the, uh, the built-in desire to overcome or to create things or order things, that's another way to call that is being winning. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're winning when you feel like you're making progress, bringing order. Well, as a leader, when you have somebody that's not happy and disgruntled, underneath of that they may not even say it this way or think it but underneath it they they feel like they're not winning mm. and god made us to win and so we get grumpy and angry when somehow the circumstances something makes us feel like we're not winning and i don't think we even understand this it's sometimes subconscious yes but the the world around us is telling us we're not winning it could be our boss our mate Uh, could be the news. And it just grates on us because God made us to be winners. And we don't like it when we're not.
0: Yeah. And you know, that in and of itself, I think, can be unpacked in multiple shows. And what I mean by that is, Every single one of us has been created differently with different unique skills, Mm -hmm. gifts and talents. And each of those unique unique blend of gifts, skills and talents um, can be leveraged really well in certain environments, but we are created to win. And so if we have an environment that's not conducive to the style in which we, we operate, and I'll give you an example. I worked with a senior executive who was very much uh, intrapreneurial or entrepreneurial, but he was an entrepreneur because of the fact he was working within um, an organisation. He loved chaos because as soon as there was where, was a lot of complexities around, he clicked into action and this, 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 he would fire off, get into action, but the rest of his team mm-hmm. weren't like that. So he would often, when everything was working well and it was boring to him, he caused, he didn't realise this, he caused internal mm-hmm. chaos with his team. So what he we, when once he recognised that, he then was able to take a step back, created a container where his team could work the best. As you said, they felt that they were winning, they had the right environment and all of that, and then he was specifically in charge of, other areas where he could you know where he felt that he was winning and able to put out a lot of fires without Mm -hmm. impacting his team these kind of things if if people are aware of this and how you know they're made how their team members are made how can we come together and create an environment where everyone feels they're contributing and winning that is for a very healthy high morale workplace isn't it
1: oh that that's such a great example you gave and I wonder how how long it took him to have that self-awareness but boy think about the breakthrough when he did it you know yes. he's happier and his team's happier Everything yeah, works. they don't,
0: they don't, you know, when he, when he was walking down the corridor, it was like, Oh no, what is he going to drop on us again? Mm. We all yeah. have one of those people, leaders that we know it's like, Lock the door because he changes projects every five minutes, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, look, that's just a, a great revelation. But we have so many more, we've only just scratched the surface. Let's segue into talking about kingdom impact business, creating mm. kingdom impact business. And you say that there are three inqu- requirements. What are
1: they? First of all, it, by the way, when one of the barriers to creating a kingdom impact business is there are many people in your organization that don't maybe have the same faith or don't believe in God. So when I'm defining these requirements of a kingdom impact business, it's in context of the realization that not everybody in the organization believes the same things. So the first requirement, think of it as sort of like a pyramid. The lay, the foundational layer of all kingdom impact, impact businesses is they create a kind of economic stability. They, they build great products that satisfy customers. They have a profitable business. So the business will be here tomorrow, just like it was today. And they provide good jobs. And people need that base level provision to take care of themselves and to just have basic uh, security and stability. And really people of all faiths agree with that. They want to work for a place that's uh, healthy and a healthy environment for them to work in. So that's requirement one, a, a solid business. Number two is kind of what the Bible would call uh, the golden rule, uh, treating other people like you want to be treating, loving your neighbor as yourself. We call it soul care and it it is... Um, It's what caring people can do for each other. And there's a growing trend uh, in in businesses to recognize the need to care for the whole person, not just at work, but what's what's going on at home affects them at work. Are there ways to create an environment where the whole person can be ministered to uh, in in a, a practical way? And so we call that the second layer. And again, all, people of all faiths agree with that. They, they want to be they want to live in an environment where they're cared for. Now, the third layer is unique to um, Christianity. It, I mean, different faiths would answer this third layer differently. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is um, unusual in, in that it basically said, and this is why I came to grips to, in my 20s, It basically said there's something broken inside of us and that something can only be fixed by God. We can't fix it ourselves. And so the third layer of kingdom impact is to to have an organization where you recognize that there is this, this gospel good news, that there's things Jesus can do for a person that no one else can do. So no matter how much I love my neighbor, I cannot forgive and fix who they are on the inside. Jesus can. And so many people are not ready for that or don't want it right now. They certainly don't want to be in an environment where that's jammed down their throat. Yes. But, But to a kingdom impact leader, we would say you should recognize that third layer exists and have uh good strategies for offering it to those who are interested so Mm. that's what we define as a kingdom impact business yes
0: and you know that third layer i think can be lived out Mm -hmm. as a leader for instance how you respond you know versus reacting responding and doing so um, can make such a difference to the people and team around you you know i I notice that you don't fly off the handle when we when, when something mm. didn't turn out correctly. In fact, mm. what you do, I remember this is an example that. that it stuck with me as a young child i was probably only four or five and i heard my brother one of my older brothers was playing a record you know back in those days people might know it was a disc that you put on the record player and it would play They're coming and i love that, <laughs> that record and they went out i think it was a sunday came home from church and i thought i'm going to listen to that record so i took it out of his room put it on my little old record player but unbeknownst to me um the sun came over uh, My window. And so when we came back or he came back, actually, there was his record all buckled. So when I came home, he called me into his room and I said, Oh, you were playing my record, weren't you? And look what happened to it's broken. I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing. But you Mm -hmm. know what he did? He gave me another one of his records. And you know, he said, "Now you you wouldn't do that again, would you?" No, because he told me it taught me a lesson. When you leave this in the sun, it buckles. And you know what? That lesson—that is what Jesus would do. But mm-hmm. he wouldn't wrap you over the fingers or give you a smack or anything like that. It becomes mm-hmm. such an educational lesson that you would love him even more deeply. Like you know, um, and my my brother had every right to be angry with me, but he chose not to. And I think if we approach our mm-hmm. workplace like that. Gosh, couldn't we extend the love of Jesus by having the conversations like that?
1: That is such a powerful example, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, the, I think it's in First or Second Peter, it says, be ready always to give a reason for the joy that's in you. And mm-hmm. you know that first two layers in the, in the pyramid I was talking about? The way we behave in those layers, in the day-to-day working in the business and in the caregiving is what actually opens the door to talk about the third layer because yeah. people, they see and use something different. But if, if the bottom two layers are just a train wreck, they don't really want to know what anything <laughs> more rightfully so
0: yeah exactly exactly and you know i think as we continue as we as we know we um we are given a gift
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: it is just a, a a small example of what we are all promised in uh the you know the, the future heaven and earth and that is of course the gift of the holy mm-hmm. spirit and god's holy spirit lives in us and uh, as we know that spirit continues to sanctify us day by day by day making us more and more and more uh like jesus and develop the fruits of the spirit. And of course, those are the things, you know, like the kindness and forgiveness and so forth. And um, if we start to show those, you know, that they really come through in that third layer, when the other two layers uh, are there and we mean it. We we walk the talk. We walk the talk. Well, those are great, great requirements, I think, that mm-hmm. we need to be mindful of. Now, let's talk about the last point. And there are three tools, you say, for mm-hmm. overcoming chaos. And this is really biblical leadership wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already gained so much wisdom from this show. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some more. But what are some other things that we need to know?
1: Well, uh, this is, I'm kind of a, science nut and I, I really believe that god reveals himself one through the written word and he he reveals himself through creation so i tend to notice because being an engineer i tend to notice things in in creation that teach me something spiritual and what i'm going to do is do a little segue to the world of physics and come back to what it teaches us about leadership you know 98 percent of the atoms in the universe are hydrogen and helium. And you think, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, it it paints the picture that the most important thing in our universe is not the raw materials, it's the way they're put together. Mm. Because they're they're only they're the two simplest atoms, hydrogen and helium, and there are two electrons and one electron. So they're the various simple Lego blocks there are. And God took those two incredibly simple Lego blocks and made you and me and apple pie and trees and flowers. And the only difference is the way they're put together. And so leadership in the world of physics, the laws of electromagnetism and those sort of things are what makes things hang together. And because we can depend on those laws, we can build rocket ships and computers and Uh, It's amazing what we can do because we know what the laws are. But when it comes to organizations, the laws of physics don't apply. What applies are the laws of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we've got electromagnetism holding atoms together. But what is it that holds people together? Well, as you might expect, the Bible answers that question. Jesus basically said, uh, there's 800,000 words in the Bible, and he basically said all those words can be summed up with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. He's telling us what the laws of chemistry are for human relationships. It's not electromagnetism. It's supernatural love that he gives puts in us. And that's what holds organizations together. Now, if leaders want to be effective, they have to understand that. They have to understand that they cannot treat people like laws of physics. It won't work. They have to learn to care about people and that caring unlocks openness and allows you to build an organization that functions.
0: Yes, it's interesting, isn't it, Gary? When you see leadership principles as they're taught, there are certain themes that come across, and it would have been goodness, I would say, a couple of decades ago when, because I was back in the career industry then, it might have even been three decades ago now. <laughs> Time gets away well, from you. <laughs> Mold, doesn't it it all molds into to to each other uh but they started talking about more around the self-awareness and uh you know appreciation of others they brought in a lot more of that compassion and the connection versus just being very direct you know the different leadership styles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and more and more now organizations are seeing the benefit and the value as you say a uh, recognizing the person as a whole and what happens outside of the workplace very much is going to be impacted, you know, how the environment in the workplace allows you to bring that whole person to, um, yeah, to 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 work. So speak a, bit, a little bit more about how do you think organizations are faring? Are we understanding and implementing the right things, giving the right training to to our leaders or do we have a ways to go?
1: now I, I do think we have a long ways to go and <clears throat> it seems like every generation kind of repeats a lot of the same mistakes you get to my age where you've had a few decades under your belt and you begin to see these patterns that you had to learn for yourself and you tell others the next generations but they haven't experienced it mm-hmm. and and so they don't live it because they haven't experienced it um i i would say that leaders uh, all, all of us are promoted from doing some something else. You know, I'm an engineer, so I think like an engineer, and then I step into a leadership role, and I wanted I want to still win, and so winning means using the old habits I used to have, and when in reality I've shifted from the world of physics to the world of caring, and I it's an awkward transition that I have to go through. And, and so we're not very good at it. And I do think there's growing awareness. There's no question there's growing awareness. Um, but it, it really needs um, a kind of care that we have to mentor and develop by example. You can't teach it from books. You have to demonstrate
0: it. Yeah, I couldn't remember the word. Isn't it? Isn't it terrible that you? You, <laughs> decades ago, you were certified in a certain whole study. And if I if I think of it, the the idea might um, come back to me. There's a whole teaching, you know, around that. And I think they've tried to adopt that into um, the, the workplace. But you're talking about the three tools. So it really is understanding that biblical um, wisdom. But if we were to bullet point, what would the three Points or the three tools be um, for overcoming that chaos? Well,
1: uh, number one is, <clears throat> is <clears throat> the ability to discern and set purpose. And by the way, like so many topics, we try to um, oversimplify something to the point it, it's meaningless. And so you'll ask somebody what their purpose in life is, and they, they him haw around. The reality is, there isn't just one purpose, there are multiple mm-hmm. purposes. And if you don't understand that, you're going to get confused in a hurry. So if I'm uh, uh, coming out of college and I'm thinking about my career I, and I know I've got certain gifts and skills, then my purpose is to sort of activate and actuate those things that I'm made to do. Now, if I go into an organization that does something that doesn't really leverage what I do... I have a choice to either submit myself to the purpose of the organization or I do what I like doing. And that puts me at cross purposes Mm -hmm. and the tension in life comes by the way, there's, it's like a Russian doll. There's purposes in my marriage that may conflict with my individual purposes. And there's purposes in my job and there's even purposes in society itself. And so, when these purposes aren't aligned, it creates confusion and chaos and tension, even anger. And mm-hmm. we see it in our societies. We see it in marriages. So when I, I don't, I, there, when I say that you need to be good at determining purpose, I'm really saying a mouthful. I'm, I'm saying this determines mm-hmm. who you marry. This determines who you take a job with because if you take a job and take pay you are signing up to align with their purpose.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And if you get to the point you can't do that, it's wrong. It's not biblical to undermine that organization, badmouth that organization, go find a place that you can commit to. Yes. Um, you have that choice. So yeah. that that's point one is purpose and there's nothing quite like it. Point two is you have to be able to organize resources, people, process. You know, now we're into the kind of the nastiness of, uh, do you have all the right tools in your kitchen to bake that cake? And um, which how hot do you make it? You know, you have skill that you have to accumulate. And you have the right person in the right role, like the gentleman you were talking about, who really self-discovered that he had to place himself in a certain realm. A leader has to be able to do all those things. So now you got to have purpose, and then you got to be able to organize the raw materials into a co- coherent team. And the third one I think is the most difficult. Uh, we we label it what you need to know, what you need to do, and what you need to be. And the being is harder. It's who you are on the inside. It's what you value, and it has to do with how you treat people because. You can't pretend on this. If I, if I treat you right because I see it as a manipulation to get what I want, it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. People, people see through that. And the hardest part for us as individuals is to grow into, become people of character so that our reactions to other people are rooted in who we really are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by, by being being is the ultimate state of maturity it's not knowing and doing it's being
0: yes i love that those are those are so very important and you know when we start to work towards each of those things and bringing them and learning and developing and and changing you know that you may realize as that um executive I mentioned as the example he realized that and -hmm. again he clicked into the problem solving uh, you know that he did and he created that but what he ended up doing was co-creating that with his team which Mm -hmm. I think is another one of those tools for success isn't it it's it's to determine what that is and and often the answers can be right there in front of you in a team environment, isn't it? It is not it They is to ask them to contribute and then everyone is able to then uh, get by. And I think everything that you spoke about today, again, we have just scratched the surface, but we're able <laughs> to take so much away already. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to find more about the work that you do, Gary, what is the best way for them to reach out and connect with you?
1: Well, co- come to our, our website. It's called Lead First. Dot AI and and that website is a, a portion with my materials and my teachings and those sorts of things on that same site.
0: Yeah,
1: that, that's the best place to go. I, you know, I have books on at uh, Amazon and those sorts of things, but if you come to the site, you'll you'll see access to most everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you just, you shared uh, around, you know, God being the creator, when we look at the elements in which he created, bringing that chaos, I mean, when you look at the human body or or anything, even the most thing, I've started gardening, I am fascinated about how plants grow, Mm. you know, and, and looking at a zucchini plant and there's a male, you know, male flower and a female flower, how it all works together, you know, is just, fascinating and um yeah when we look at it through the lens and how can we apply that into uh, kingdom business uh, and into our lives it, it it really can the Bible is such a rich a rich book there are so many lessons mm-hmm. for every single situation in in our life um,
1: amen. amen my okay. prayer
0: is that everybody would just dive into the Bible there's so many lessons um we don't have to we don't have to kind of reinvent do we just look look in the bible and of course as we know as uh the lord's people we're able to uh to speak directly to him and that's one of the things that i love to do gary at the end of every show is just finish the uh episode with a word of prayer may i do that Mm. for us today please all right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that uh, we had today, being able to use this technology, Lord, and talk about topics through the lens of, of kingdom and uh, principles and your wisdom. Father, we know that we spoke about one of the topics today about chaos, and it was wonderful to be able to, to have Gary share that and remind us that you were able to bring order out of chaos. And so when we look around uh, what is going on in the world We know that we do not need to be fearful, Lord, because you always have an answer there. And the answers are in the Bible. As Gary said, there are so many different wisdom that we can glean from that. And we know that as your children, Lord, we, through Jesus, um, have a direct relationship with you too. So we can approach your throne and ask for you to bestow wisdom on us. Father, we just want to pray for Gary, his family, um, his business, the people that he's working with even his suppliers, everyone, Lord, Mm. that even though they may not know you, and this is for everybody who is a kingdom uh, business, Lord, and a Christian, someone who loves you, Lord, let us be an example. Let us be Jesus' hands and feet. Let us go out into the world and bring order from the chaos that is going on, Lord, and that through the examples that we are, Lord, that others may see us and ask, what is it that they can have with such comfort, with such peace, um, to be able to move through the world even while things just seem to be crumbling. And the reason is, well, the person who we'll be celebrating in this season of Christmas is your son, Jesus, and what he promises and brings through his life um, that we may have life when we, we repent and we believe in him. So, Father, we pray that moving forward into 2024... We know that there is lots of uncertainty, but when we are in your kingdom, there is absolute certainty because we know how our story ends and we hope that we can bring that and that message of hope and peace uh, around the world as well. So, Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have this technology to bring your word to honour you, to praise you, to, yeah, just show that we love you in the conversations that we have with people such as Gary and and others that we may meet in our journeys. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, it is, isn't it? A one I mean, we're we probably will never meet in this life. We I know we will definitely meet in in, the, in our next life, but Thank how you. wonderful that we're able to uh to establish the conversation now with the technology that we have and be able to, yeah, hopefully be a shine a light that we know is Jesus to others that may not um, may not know him yet. And of course, just remind, you know, others who may be struggling that, Hey, we don't need to be caught up in, in the fear mongering going on in the world. We know how it ends.
1: Well, I yeah. want to thank you for, you know, you're an example and Maria of bringing order out of chaos. Cause when you bring speakers and bring truth and put them into the airwaves, you, you're bringing order in people's minds that may be thinking in a wrong direction. So we're, we're soulmates in bringing order out of chaos. Yes, yeah. and I
0: love that. I love that idea. And it's such a reminder, isn't it, when we yeah. often, um, when we're doing something, we realise, yeah, mm-hmm. we are doing that and, and everyone, you know, we're, we're the body of Christ. Amen. I just had a bit of that revelation. You know, we, we often think of ourselves sitting in our own little churches and, and you know, you know and, and this. But you know what? As the body of Christ, it's everyone around the world. We are all one body, one bride that will all come together. So what happens in one country really should impact the rest of us, even if we bring it to him in prayer, you know, and it's such a a reminder. We may live in in different countries and have different nationalities or so, but I tell you what, when we're part of the body of Christ, we are one. Amen. No. I'll see you well, on the Well, you afternoon, and it has been a, a pleasure and a blessing meeting you, Gary, and I wish Thank you, you uh, all the very best.
1: Same to, Same to you. All Thank right. you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, it's Anne Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition, or new clients you'd hope for, and you don't know why. I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads, and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace, and you've. Positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to Anmaricross.com forward slash gift. That's Anmaricross.com forward slash gift.
1: This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c sweetradiocom